are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Friday show for you. We've got your college football picks for the weekend and also your pro football picks for the weekend. It's an ugly slate in college, I'll tell you that much, but I love a lot of games in pro this week. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it's very hard narrowing some of these down, but we'll get to it. We're also going to talk about the Atlanta Braves did something this year that only one team in the history of baseball has done. The Pac-12 versus the SEC this year, not head-to-head, but overall, have you seen how good the Pac-12 is this year? Which is ironic considering it's the last year of the conference since only Washington State and Oregon State are even left over after this season. But they are dominating the top 25. And a little bit of more talk about Dion. I've seen, I've heard two interviews now that talks about Dion's goal and all this. This is the one thing I've talked about the last couple of days is what is his ultimate goal in coaching? And it looks like we have an answer. And we'll get to all that momentarily. All right, so let's get started with your picks because I know that's what you want. In college football, we are 14-3-1 against the spread through two weeks. This is an ugly slate, people. I'm talking ugly. There's not one top 25 matchup. However, batten down the hatches because next week we've got Ohio State at Notre Dame, Florida State at Clemson, Colorado at Oregon, Bama at Ole Miss, Iowa at Penn State, UCLA at Utah, and Wazoo at Oregon State. That's going to make up for the garbage set of games we got tomorrow. Holy crap. Just half the games are double digits. Um, 15 of the 23 ranked teams playing tomorrow are either playing an FCS opponent or they're favored by at least 24 points. The only ranked teams that are playing tomorrow that are favored by seven or less are Kansas State at Missouri and Tennessee at Florida. We're going to be on one of those games as we get to this right now. All right, college football. My best bet this week, I'm going to go with LSU minus the nine and a half. I'm not too impressed with Mississippi State at this point, and I think LSU, yes, they beat Grambling by 60 last week. I'm not putting much stock into that. I'm taking LSU because, number one, they're 12-3 and three against the spread their last 15 trips to Starkville, so clearly they can cover a number there. I just think that after that embarrassing opening loss, I have a feeling LSU is going to go on a run and they're going to start blowing some teams out. They've already got one under their belt. They beat Grambling last week badly. I have a feeling this is going to be like LSU is going to blow teams out. They're going to get to the top 10, and their next really competitive game is going to be the game in Tuscaloosa. But I like them minus the 9.5. Some places it's 10. I'd still take it at 10. But give me LSU minus the 9.5 as the best bet of the week. I've got three picks for you, and I just, looking at these, I like the lines. I like Troy minus two and a half at home against James Madison. I think these teams are pretty even, and I'll take a Troy team coming off a bad loss at Kansas State last week. They played better than the final score indicated. I'll take them at home, just needing to win by a field goal over a team that's only in their second year in FBS. Although James Madison is a very, very good team. They're very dangerous. So 
I just I saw that number under three, and I and I and I like it. I took it. Troy minus two and a half. That's a play. Kansas State minus three and a half on the road at Missouri. The Wildcats are just a solid football team. Again, not too impressed with Missouri. I think Kansas State can go on the road and win here. They're the defending Big 12 champions. Missouri is a perennial anywhere between 5 and 7, 6 and 6 and 7 and 5 every year. This is a big non-conference game that they probably need to win to improve to get anything nice on their resume, but I think Kansas State's just the better team all around. I'll take the Wildcats minus the three and a half. And here's a game just to have a little fun with. I was actually thinking of taking the side in this game in UAB against Louisiana. UAB laying two and a half at home. I already have a home favorite minus two and a half. I don't want to tempt fate and take two of them. So I'm just going to have fun with the over here. I just think both of these teams are going to score. UAB, you know who their head coach is? Trent Dilfer. Through the first two games, they're averaging 35 points a game. Louisiana Lafayette put up 31 last week. I'll take the over 60 in this one. So those are the three picks. Your best bet is LSU minus 9.5. Three other picks are Troy minus 2.5, Kansas State minus 3.5, and and the UAB Louisiana over 60. I give you three dogs every week that I think can that you bet them on the plus you bet them plus the points and then take a half of your half of your bet and bet them on the money line. So far we're five we're five and one on these six picks in the first two weeks of the season. Three and three on the money line. So we're at plus three point two units. If you were to put one unit on each of these games, you'd be at plus three point two units because three of them have won outright already. I've only got two of them for you this week. Like I said, I just I couldn't find three because I do like to do it where it's somebody between a 6 and 10 point underdog, if not more. You know, last week yes, I had Miami in there. They were four and a half, but they were such a live dog at home. I mean, that was just I loved Miami at home last week, and that's why I gave it out. But for this week, I only got two of them. I'm going to take Virginia Tech on the road plus 7. Yes, Rutgers is 2-0 to start out the season. They're 2-0 against the spread with two blowouts. I get it. Is Rutgers really a team that's going to start the season 3-0 with three straight blowouts? I don't think so. Virginia Tech had a six-hour weather delay in their game last week. They fell behind 17-0. They tied it up at 17. They lost 24-17 at home. I just, I mean, I'm just looking at name value. Virginia Tech is going to be embarrassed if they lose to Rutgers. So give me the seven and bet them a little bit on the money line. The other one I like is Charlotte, plus eight, at home against Georgia State. Why do I like this? Because last year at Georgia State, Georgia State was 20-point favorites, and Charlotte beat them outright, 42-41. So now Charlotte's coming home this year. You might say, well, Georgia State's got revenge. Yeah, they do. But it is possible for a team to beat a team twice in a span of two years. And they don't even have to win. They don't even have to win the game if you're Charlotte. Maybe Georgia State wins a close one. I'll take the eight points at home with Charlotte. So those are your two underdogs. Bet them plus the points and take half your bet and bet them on the money line. Your three-team 10-point teaser is just so random and out of the blue. It doesn't involve any of the teams I just gave you. Usually I take at least one of the other plays that I like. 
I just I'm, I'm just looking over scouring the board and these three jumped out at me moving that line 10 points I'm going to push Akron up to 35 and a half at Kentucky Akron should have won their first oh in their first game of the season and last week they played an FD, FCS school I have not been impressed with Kentucky I don't think Kentucky can score I, I I don't think they're outscoring them by 30 beating them by 36 I just don't the line's obviously 25 and a half. Tease it up to 35 and a half. I see Kentucky winning this game 40 to 14, 42 14, something like that. They're going to win, but give me 35 and a half with the zippers. I want Arizona minus seven and a half. Tease down from 17 and a half at home against UTEP. It's the last game of the night, so you're going to have to wait on this teaser to catch out. But UTEP is god awful. UTEP just lost to Northwestern by five by four touchdowns. <laughs> Are they going to go on the road and stay within eight points of Arizona? I don't think so. Give me Arizona minus seven and a half. And to round out that teaser, I'm going to take Arkansas. They're eight-point favorites at home against BYU. They beat them in Provo last year by 17. Now they're coming home and only laying eight. Give me Arkansas. Tease them to plus two. So your three-team 10-point teaser in college, Akron plus 35.5, Arizona minus 7.5, Arkansas plus 2. Now let's get to your NFL plays. Two and three last week wasn't a great start. We're going to bounce back this week. I have a totals play for you as the best bet of the week. I hinted at it yesterday, and I'm sorry. This has all the makings of an over. And that's the Seattle-Detroit game going over 47.5. These two teams played in Detroit last year, where they're playing again this Sunday, and the final score was 45-42. Now the total is 47.5. Maybe I'm just dumb. And both teams, Detroit scored 21 points last week, Seattle scored 10. All the more reason why I like the over. Maybe I'm the dumb one here. But I'm sorry. I, I think this is going to be a shootout. And I was really, I mean, this really came down to, was I going to take Seattle plus five or was I going to bet the over? And I just think I, I'll I'll take the over. I think Seattle could cover, but um, I'll take the over, 47 and a half. But keep that Seattle plus five play in mind. I'm going to give out four picks outside of my best bet. So the best bet, Seattle over 47 and a half. My best bet, you're not going to like this one, but uh, I'm an underdog better, and I like going against the public, and I know that come Sunday night, everyone and their mother is going to be chasing their losses from earlier in the day, and they're going to jump all over the Miami Dolphins in New England. Give me New England plus three. Give me Kansas City minus three. Buy it down from three and a half. I would suggest putting this bet in today because right now it's Kansas City minus three and a half. You need to buy the half point and get it down to three. Because if Travis Kelsey is deemed eligible, this line is going to four or four and a half. So I would get it right now and get it down to three. I can't see Patrick Mahomes starting the season 0-2. Just can't. And doesn't mean, I mean, could Kansas City win by one or two? Of course. But I'll take the Chiefs bouncing back after that bad opening night loss on national television. Here's another one that maybe another a lot of you probably aren't going to be thrilled with. 
but I like home underdogs. Give me the Tennessee Titans plus three at home against the Chargers. I just don't trust the Chargers at all. Austin Eckler's hurt. Uh, Mike Williams is hurt, just like they are every single year. I know the Chargers are probably pissed after last week's loss. Going on the road, playing a team that only scored 15 points last week. That's the thing that scares me about this game, but Mike Vrabel as an underdog, his record is impeccable. He's just always played the underdog role well. Last week, plus three in New Orleans, what happened? He covered. They lost 16-15. Give him to me again, plus the three at home. And I'm not – and I told you this on Monday, and I'm, and I'm keeping them in here. Give me the Steelers plus two and a half at home on Monday Night Football against the Browns. It is a game that everybody, again, is going to look at what Cincinnati did or Cleveland did to Cincinnati at home last week, winning by three touchdowns and seeing that Pittsburgh lost by three touchdowns at home and Pittsburgh is getting points at home. Mike Tomlin's record, again, on Monday Night Football is impeccable. His record as an underdog is very, very good. Him and Vrabel are two coaches you want to bet in underdog roles. Vrabel covered last week. Tomlin didn't. This week, let's hope they both cover because I got them both as your picks. So your four picks after your best bet are New England plus three, Kansas City buy down to minus three, Tennessee, if it's plus two and a half, buy it up to plus three, and Pittsburgh plus two and a half. You can leave it there. If you want to buy it up to three, you can, but plus two and a half. For your underdog play that I want you to bet plus the points and also take half your bet and bet them to win on the money line, give me Seattle. I think they laid an egg last week against the Rams, and they've shown they can win in Detroit. They won last year there, 45-42. Give me Seattle plus the five and take half your bet and put it on the money line. Your three-team, 10-point teaser in the NFL. We lost last week because Pittsburgh couldn't cover for us. I need to buy Buffalo down. I don't see Buffalo starting the season 0-2, so buy the Bills down to plus a half. They're minus 9.5 right now at home against the Raiders. I don't see them starting 0-2, and that's the only way you would lose on Buffalo in this is if they lost the game. Don't see the Raiders going in there and winning. Give me Buffalo plus a half. Let's tease down that under – or let's tease down that total in the Seattle game and go over. So let's tease it down to 37.5 and, and give me Tennessee plus 13 at home. Yeah, the Chargers may win, but I don't think they're winning by double digits. Brandon Staley is incapable of winning a game on the road by double digits. It's just a known fact. So that's not happening. So your three-team 10-point teaser in the NFL, Buffalo plus a half, Seattle over 37 and a half, Tennessee plus 13. Do it what you want with them. Follow me, tail me, make fun of me if they all lay an egg. But, you know, have fun with it. Don't put your mortgage on it. Don't put your Friday paycheck on it. But – Hey, I've shown you 14-3-1. If you add in pros, 16-6-1 to start the season. Not too shabby. So do what you want with them. But those are my picks for this week. We'll talk about them all on Monday. Let's get some winners out there. All right, some notes to uh, get to as we wrap up this week's podcast and this today's podcast. And this week, the Atlanta Braves accomplished something the other day when Austin Riley hit his 34th home run of the season. That is this. There's only been two teams in Major League history that have had four guys in their lineup that hit 34 or more home runs in a season. The Braves of 2023 just did it. 
Matt Olson currently has 51. Ronald Acuna has 37. Austin Riley has 34. And Marcelo Zuna has 34. One other team in the history of baseball has done this. I know the Colorado I know the Colorado Rockies had four guys hit over 30, I believe, but they didn't have four guys that hit over 34. And that was when they had that Blake Street Bombers team, which was Larry Walker, Dante Bichette, Andres Galarraga, and Vinny Castillo. Well, I'll give you two seconds to try and figure out the answer to this trivia question. Probably not going to know it off the top of your head, and I never would have guessed this. And I grew up in Southern California. I was in Southern California when this team did this, and that was the 2000 at that time they were called the Anaheim Angels. Troy Gloss, 47 home runs. Mo Vaughn, 36 home runs. Garrett Anderson, 35 home runs. And Tim Salmon hit 34 home runs. I never would have guessed that the Angels were the only other team in the history of baseball to have four guys hit 34 or more home runs in a season. News to me, but a pretty interesting stat. You know what else is an interesting stat? How the Pac-12 is absolutely dominating so far this year. Have you looked? Eight teams ranked in the top 25. USC and Washington are in the top 10. USC's five. And Washington is 8. But Utah's at 12. Oregon's at 13. Oregon State's at 16. Colorado's at 18. Washington State's at 23. And UCLA is at 24. Right now, according to the playoff predictor on ESPN, the Pac-12 has a 65% chance to send a team to the college football playoff. Now, that's fourth among the five conferences just ahead of the ACC at 58%. But, hey, They've only had two, I believe, that have appeared in the college football playoffs since that 14 playoff started in 2014. Oregon got there. They lost in the national championship to Auburn. Or was that BCS? That was still BCS era, I think. I can't remember. But I want to say Oregon, or maybe Oregon lost to Ohio State. I want to say Oregon and Washington. Washington lost to Alabama. I believe those are the only two. Pac-12 schools that have ever made the college football playoff. The SEC, on the flip side, is struggling. They've dropped six non-conference games this season. Last year, they only lost seven during the entire 2022 season. They are 1-4 versus the ACC. Now, Ole Miss plays Georgia Tech this week, so they should beat them. But SEC, again, remember how I've... When I talked about it and we were talking about all the conference realignment stuff, I said, SEC is great. I'm never going to take that away from them. They win most of the national championships with Georgia and Alabama and even Florida's in the early 2000s, but they're very top-heavy. I think, well, right now, I'd say Georgia is the top dog, and I'd move Alabama down a step because I'm not impressed with Jalen Milrow. I don't think he's going to be the quarterback for all 12 regular season games. I don't. But... I'd say Georgia's your top dog. You got LSU and Alabama right underneath that, and then you got a group of the whole Ole Miss, Auburn, Kentucky. They're decent, but in another conference, they'd probably be middle of the road too. SEC is very, very top-heavy. Just keep that in mind. And one thing we talked about in regards to Deion Sanders – My whole question has been, what's his ultimate goal in all this? And I heard 
Joel Klatt on a radio show, and I heard Joel Klatt on his own podcast talk about the fact that he spoke with Dion last week before him and Gus Johnson broadcasted the Colorado-Nebraska game. Joel Klatt is the number one analyst on Fox for college football. And he said he talked to Dion, and Dion told him flat out, I have no interest in coaching pro football. None. So now the question becomes, how long does he stay at Colorado? Because it's clear he's going to build this into a perennial top 25, maybe even top 15 team. Dion has already thrown out there, you have no idea how many high school kids are calling us, asking us, can we get a recruiting visit? That just doesn't happen, and it's only happening because of Dion and what people are seeing in his team and what they're doing on the field. And Shadur Sanders throwing for over 900 yards in his first two FBS games and six touchdowns and no interceptions and completing over 75% of his passes. That just doesn't happen to a kid who's never played FBS before in his first two games against fairly good schools. It's not like he came in and had two FCS schools that he had to route in his first two starts. No, he had to go on the road at TCU, a team that played for the national championship last year, and then comes home and plays Nebraska. Say what you will about them. They're a mess offensively, but they're a good defensive team. And Shadur Sanders just carved them up. So the question now becomes, how long does he stay at Colorado? Does he feel a sense of loyalty to Colorado? Because they are they owe him everything, and I, I'm sure there's a sense of loyalty there. But you can't tell me if a team like, I don't know, a program like, I don't know, A&M cuts ties with Jimbo, even though it's going to cost him a lot of money, and just throws the whole bank at, at Deion Sanders that he wouldn't go to a place like A&M with all those resources? I'm not saying he's a candidate. I have no idea if A&M would. I'm just trying to think of a a – SEC or Big Ten school that needs a little kick in the ass. And AM is the first one that jumps out to me because they do. Because Alabama, you know, he's not, Dion's not going to Alabama. He's not going to Georgia. He's not going to Ole Miss. He's not going to Tennessee. They've got their coaches set. But AM, it's the one school that needs a little change. Would A&M take Dion is a completely different story. I tend to think no. But that would be stupid of them to pass on him. Big Ten, you know, Harbaugh's not going anywhere. Ryan Day's not going anywhere unless he goes to the pros. But I – James Franklin isn't going anywhere. So – and those are, your, that, those are your class of the Big Ten. But could he go to a Michigan State and turn them around? It's a possibility. Just don't know. Would he go to Florida State? Florida State, remember, already turned him down. TCU, he interviewed for Florida State. They didn't hire him. He interviewed for TCU. They didn't hire him. Now those people are probably regretting it. But he's definitely out of the pro game, does not want to coach pro football, which makes sense. Like I said, his his act and his motivational speeches and his whole shtick that works in college with college kids, with impressionable 18 to 22-year-olds. It doesn't work with 28-year-old millionaires. It just doesn't. So it's smart that he stays in college and he wants to be a mentor to young men. So I'm all for it. 
I just don't think he's going to be at Colorado more than three years because I think he's going to turn them around and anybody worth a damn in one of the Power Five conferences is going to throw and just back up the Brinks truck for him. And we'll see if what happens. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Uh, please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review. Let's hope we can keep this winning streak going tomorrow in college football and even in pro football over the weekend. Uh, a lot of good games in pro, certainly not in college, but I think we, I think I, I really like some of these picks this week. And, you know, again, if I have a horrible week, I don't want to hear it. These are, you know, I, I'm suggesting you bet on them, but I'm not suggesting you lose your mind on them because I'm going to have a bad week. I'm going to have probably multiple bad weeks over the course of an 18 week NFL season and 12 weeks of college football. It's just impossible. You can't just c continue to go 14-3 and 1 over 18 picks, you know, every 3 weeks. It's just not going to happen. But the goal is not to go not to get killed. The goal is not to have a 1 and 6 or an over, you know. 2 and 3 last week in the NFL, not good, but better than 0 and 5, and that's what we have to avoid. So, really like my NFL picks this week. I'm just ecstatic over them I really am <laughs> and I'm not saying I hate my college picks I'm just saying college is tough college is tough to pick especially on a week with this many shitty games <laughs> you know but I, I do like them so if you want me to run them down real quick one last time I'm gonna go real fast in college best bet LSU minus nine and a half your other plays Troy minus two and a half Kansas State minus three and a half the UAB Louisiana over 60 dogs to bet on the point spread and put half your bet on the money line. Virginia Tech plus seven, Charlotte plus eight. Three team, 10 point tees in college. Akron plus 35 and a half. Arizona minus seven and a half. Arkansas plus two. NFL picks, best bet, Seattle and De Detroit over 47 and a half points. Your other picks in the NFL, New England plus three. Kansas City, buy them down to a minus three. Tennessee, Buy them up to a plus three because I think they might be two and a half at a lot of books right now. And Pittsburgh, I guess as well, buy them up to plus three at home on Monday night. Your underdog play in the NFL, give me Seattle plus five, sprinkle a little bit on the money line. And your three-team 10-point teaser in the NFL, Buffalo plus a half, Seattle over 37 and a half, Tennessee plus 13. Let's go out and win some, boys. Thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See ya!